So thank you, Zach, for joining us. We're doing something new where we're doing share your story and we're talking to different professionals, kind of getting into the heads of how people got to where they are or what challenges they might have faced. So Zach, what I was going to lay on you today was asking what has been the biggest challenge in safety to date that you've had to navigate through in your career? As a new um, safety professional for me was, how do I understand what the operations are altogether? And so, I mean, we can do blanket statements and all that and just put out policies, but if we don't understand the operations and how those policies play a role in the operations, then it was it's a big struggle. So my biggest thing is seeking out how do we do this job, asking the dumb questions. What is this you're doing? Uh, how do you do this job? I'm just curious to understand and having that openness and curiosity to learn how the operator actually is to perform a job or to make a final product. Was there any time where you thought like, oh, um, this is going to be how the policy would um, roll out in operations. This is how it would impact somebody's safety, but it didn't actually line up in reality to what you were thinking. What about a challenge like that? Um, I found those types of challenges with pre-existing policies that were already in place that had been written either years before or by somebody who was in a remote setting, completely isolated from the operations. And when reviewing those policies and going, well, that doesn't quite align with how things are actually being done. And when the pushback is, well, that's how it should be done. Going, I ask the question, why? Why does it have to be that way? Is there a better way of doing this and taking the policy back out to the floor and going, okay, we do it this way. Why do we do it this way? And understanding it from that perspective, then taking it back and rewriting the policy. So things align or making adjustments to the process that where it needs to be made adjusted and explaining the why back to that operator. So I understand you're doing it this way, but this is where the risk involved or these are the hazards involved with it. And this is why we're outlining these specific steps. So really getting with the workers, individuals doing the job and getting to know them, getting right. to know those nuances, right? Yep. Building yeah. those relationships and, um, you know, to be approachable, you have to approach and in opening yourself up and exposing yourself and, and to different scenarios. And when I go out there on the floor, I'm, like, I'm I flat out tell them, I, I'm going to ask stupid questions. I, I got dumb ideas and it's perfectly fine for you to tell me that, that that's a stupid question or a dumb idea. But if we can use those stupid questions and come up with an educated answer, or you can explain it better so way I have clarity as to what is being done and my dumb idea we take an aspect of that not implement the actual idea but taking a portion of it and tweak it or apply it in a different perspective then it becomes a great idea and it doesn't matter whether it's my idea or not if, if it works it works that's what we want to play out absolutely really seeking to understand the situation no matter how you have to come at it is so important so important right. No. You know, one of the things talking about being vulnerable and sharing, 
I wanted to kind of unveil who Zach is, you know, and what has made Zach to be the person that you are. And so I was interested in seeing if there was anything, anyone who's had a real influence over you and, and how you've built yourself over the years. It could be a book or music. It could be a, an influencer or a, an industry expert. Share with us. So how I came into kind of a little bit of my origin story is I graduated from college as a failed entry into dental school and I'm not trying to give away too much of my stories because I am presenting an ASSP and I'll be sharing some more stuff there but um, I, my whole goal was to get into dental school and I went broke trying to get in and but my backup plan was chemistry because I liked chemistry not because I was good at it it was just I enjoyed learning that stuff and um then I got into pharmaceuticals, animal specific, and that's where I first met my first safety professional. And like, there's a job, a career in safety, but I've never heard of this. We've always talked about engineering and chemical manufacturing and, you know, all the other big flashy jobs that you could possibly think of, but safety never came up as one of them. And so in learning from him and him training me on different aspects for lab safety in regards to that. And uh, I never got into it, but I still had to go through animal handling safety and understanding those aspects. And, and I'm like, well, where do you get all this information? Like, how do you know all this stuff? And he threw the book at me, <laughs> 29 CFR 1910. And, and so I, I'm like, okay, well, what does this say? And I started reading it or fun and some people go when they hear 1910 they roll their eyes and fall asleep but I was reading it for fun out of curiosity and like okay so I can take these aspects and I would read a standard and go ask him like how does this apply to my job how do I tweak it and so he um Russell Rourke was his name and he was very influential in introducing me to safe operations in that regard from his perspective um other books that are not safety related that have been very big is um, John Gordon's Energy Bus. That's once I, I was struggling with management um, as a manager is what I mean. And how do I make things work and build a good team? And so I was taking all these other classes on how do I become a good manager? How do I team lead and all this? And um, kind of stumbled on energy bus in a way and picked it up and read it and like, okay, I can do these. These are simple aspects because it's not, I didn't feel like it was manipulation of a team to get a team to perform. It was me reevaluating and making adjustments on my approaches and how I um, move away from reacting to actual responding. And there, the difference being in that is, a, re a reaction is just um, very basic um, responses to the situation. But when you're responding, it's having that educated um, mindset of taking the knowledge you do know and applying it in a different setting and seeing how it works. And if it didn't work, well, okay, let me try a different way and different approach and learning from it that way. So that became very very helpful for me. Um, I had a boss, we were going through a bunch of changes and 
um, it's like, well, how, why do we got to do all these changes this is frustrating. And we don't have, we have a plan, but we don't follow the plan of action. And we're always, we're changing. We're not getting better. So they introduced me to, I'm drawing a blank on the author's name, but the book's name is uh, who moved my cheese. And I, I have the book in front of me. I just can't think of the name right now, but, um, reading that and how do I, accept change as a, a positive not necessarily is it a negative or anything that way and where the opportunities lie and so that became a huge impact in my life and as my career continued to grow as a in the chemistry field and where I was as chemical manufacturer and then um went into managing chemical manufacturing and I just enjoyed because my responsibilities included safety. I enjoyed that aspect of my job more than managing products and meeting quotas and all that. <laughs> so I'm like, well, not that I didn't want to meet a quota or anything ever. It was that was just part of the nature of the job. But the more fun I had was taking safety and, and incorporating it into operations and focusing elsewhere than what most people would focus on and still coming out ahead as a win. Now, I really want to kind of step back in the next question and learn more about Zach and who is Zach outside of work. <laughs> so let's take our safety professional hat off for a minute <laughs> and and share with us, like, what are you doing off work? What are you doing out in the other side of the world? Outside of the work, I have, um, I do bookbinding, repair for Bibles. That's a business I started on the side just for fun. Um, old school graphic design, pen, paper, uh, slowly integrating into technology, but still utilizing those same tools. I got the tablet and the sketch pad on there that I draw on. And so building that out, um, work on cars, work on motorcycles, basic home care. Um, I've built out uh, my parents' home when I was 16. I helped the contractor with that. So I learned a lot of construction um, trades. And so I've remodeled a couple homes and upgrades to the house and that kind of thing. Uh, I draw um, yeah, anything fun that I put my mind to or try something else new I'm like right now I'm working on my motorcycle I'm refurbishing the seat and <laughs> modifying it that way so I'm just very naturally curious and want to learn something new and different and take those aspects and uh, apply them in a different scenario um yeah there's a what? lot of little people in my head that are constantly doing something <laughs> <laughs> that's wonderful what kind of motorcycle do you have I have an old 1986 Suzuki Intruder that I have Frankenstein's monster together with various home-built, home-welded parts um, and taken Harley parts and modified them and made them fit the bike and rewired things and rebuilt things that I couldn't get um, OEM parts for. So I've just built them myself from looking at it. <laughs> So Frankensteining a motorcycle is one of your yeah. hobbies. Sounds like oh, yeah. fun. Yeah. I'm sure we've got some listeners out there who'd, who'd be interested in that conversation. <laughs> and then I think Jamie has alluded, because I've told him a few things I've done, and he's like, well, if we needed a guard manufacturer, we'd get a hold of Zach. And 
he'll find a way to guard it. <laughs> yeah. It's like, yeah, pretty much. <laughs> yeah. MacGyvering. Yep. Yep. Um, yeah. You're, you're then, MacGyver. Then all the things that I do for fun is um, hunting, fishing, camping. Um, my boy's big into, we introduced him to fishing over co- during COVID because there was nothing else to go into. <laughs> and uh, I got him hooked, <laughs> blind and sinker on that one. And he was good. He loves oh, doing that. Nice. Nice. So spending time with the family, going yep. fishing, that sounds yeah. wonderful. And then him and I are in Taekwondo. We've been doing that for four years now. Mm-hmm. And he just went through his uh, black belt examination. So he's a 10 year old with the first degree Dan um, black belt. So he's doing very well for himself there. And Congratulations. It's, it's very good. That must make you feel proud. Yeah, it does. And yeah. it's fun watching him go through complete exhaustion, hit a wall, not like physical wall, but the physical and mental wall and push through that and come out the other side. Yeah, it's awesome watching that. I didn't have to, I was reconfirming my black belt at the time. So yeah. um it wasn't near as hard of a test, but I did everything that he did through the whole thing. So it was being able to know that this they weren't looking at necessarily everything I was doing. I was just reconfirming. It gave me a, a bit of a break to enjoy that moment with him. Yeah, you said that um doing doing that also helped him push through other things in life now how talk about that a little bit how how is the connection there because somebody else with a um a kid out there might be looking for the same sort of thing so when we think about martial arts a lot of it and it doesn't matter which discipline you really study and because they're all pretty much do the same thing it's we always talk about mind and body together. Mm-hmm. And so you, if you just work on, take an instance, a bodybuilder, they're only focused on building up their body and maybe a little bit of their health aspects, but that, that's still body focused. Whereas with the mental side, you're learning how to manipulate your techniques and learning why you do certain things, certain ways. And, um, applying yourself to other aspects in your life, such as school, or in my case, my job and my profession. And, and um, knowing that, yeah, I went through some pretty tough stuff and I came out just fine on the other side. So I can take the next thing and go forward with that. Um, and then, you know, you have physical reminders of the mental and the physical that you went through with the board breaks and the brick breaks that you do once you get a little bit older and performing those it, you have, I have them um, on our basement wall and as a reminder that when I'm going through a struggle point or challenge that I'm not sure how this is going to play out, I'm like, well, I've broken four boards in one hit. I, I think I can figure this out too. I, I've broken through other barriers. I can break through this one too. And so that's where that, that mind aspect is. And, and we're always, ha- we're never really focusing on the negative of what you can't do right now well that's the key thing is you can't do it right now but eventually you can and having that positive realistic outlook on life is where the energy bus and who moved my cheese and uh, russell rourke and um sarah dvorak my one of my bosses helped mold me and develop me into the person i am today and so i always look towards them um another person the name drop is Brian McWhorter. He's been very good and helpful with mentoring me when I was still 
I still consider myself young in the profession, but um been doing this about five, six years now and officially. And so it's like, you know, I'm I know I got a lot to learn yet, but I've got people I can call out on and other people in the profession. If I got a question that are more expertise than that, I'll reach out to them and move forward that way. But all of this is just who I am in the in a nutshell. I'm I'm weird, I'm quirky, and <laughs> I embrace the weirdness. So <laughs> No, I love it. I love it. And I, and I like that you were starting to talk about the future and the fact that breaking through ba barriers, you know, remembering, reminding yourself what barriers you have broken through and that you can carry on. And even any challenges that come up, right. use that power of what you've broken through before to know you have the strength to do in the future. And talking about the future, I wanted to kind of give you a metaphorical uh, crystal ball, if you will and kind of learn from you, you know, what do you predict we as safety professionals need to be kind of uh, keeping our focus on for the future? What's the next big thing do you think that's going to be coming down at us for safety professionals? Um, I guess if we're looking at, depends on what kind of scope we're looking at. Are we looking at um, standards and regulations and rules and all that that's anybody's guess because it, it's almost some of that stuff's like the flavor of the day and eventually it just kind of peters out or it goes because there's not enough people on board to push it forward then it'll set to the side for a while and then it'll come back again but uh, future is just making safe operations safer and simplifying the whole process is whether you're in chemical manufacturing um food processing, food manufacturing, um, oil and gas. The, the whole thing is, is that the more education we gain and learn, the more we're going to make that process simpler and more efficient. And ultimately, if we make those things, those adjustments and make them safer in that whole steps, then we become more efficient. Um, even looking at hazards and those kind of things that the more educated we become on those, the more we realize that we were exposing people to some pretty nasty stuff. And now we don't want to do that anymore. We'll, we'll do back pay on that. And um, anybody that has past health issue or has current health issues from past exposure, but going forward, we're going to do our best to prevent those things from, that level of exposure from continuing. So what I'm hearing from you is moving forward, you know, trying to think about how can we simplify um, our processes, et cetera, and make everything more efficient for future users. Have I got that right? Yep. Yep. You're taking what you got right now and make it better, make it better than was yesterday that's the only step i mean we you can't take the whole aspect and go well we're gonna make a huge leap forward it's gonna be one step at a time one move at a time right and learn from that move and make adjustments and adapt and and be innovative and have some ingenuity and take things that were never meant to be used like that and yeah make it better and use them in a sense that they weren't intended but it works. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much, Zach, for joining us today. This has been a great conversation. And thank you for taking the time to share a little bit 
about your story, about who Zach is and what you predict for the future that we need to think about in safety. Thank you. You're welcome. Thanks for reaching out. Thank you. And for those of you who are listening, you know, if you're looking for some great content, go visit us at safepedia.com. We've always got fresh content for health and safety professionals there. And stay safe. And we'll see you next time. Thank you. Thank you.